0: Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey, Husker fans. Welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. Uh, it's Chris Peterson here from HuskerBigRed.com. Joining me as always, Danny Gillette from the TheGreatCornHolio.org. And we are one day away from uh, seeing the Huskers get back on the field. Georgia Southern is coming into Lincoln Memorial Stadium tomorrow night. And Danny, how excited are you to uh, see the Huskers in uh, week two now of the college football season, even though it's technically week three for the Huskers?
1: You said it yourself, one day away. And let's hope we can... Build on a winning streak. People make them play. complain, oh, two easy cupcake teams. Hey, at this point, a winning streak is a winning streak. So I'm excited to, you know, see how this game turns out. But as we'll get into, it won't be easy, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I do think it's going to be, you know, maybe a little more of a challenge than last week. Um, you know, Georgia Southern beat Morgan State 59 to 7. If people aren't familiar with that, Morgan State's an FCS program. Uh, Georgia Southern's now being led by Clay Helton. Uh, the former USC head coach. So he's got a bunch of transfers in there. Kyle Van Treese is a name that uh, Nebraska fans should know. He played quarterback at Buffalo uh, the last time that uh, they came here, and he only managed three points. But last week um, threw for 367 yards and four touchdowns. So, you know, this is uh, kind of that same pass-happy offense that Georgia Southern brought or that, you know, Clay Hilton was running last year at USC before he got fired. So, you know, definitely going to be, the past defense is going to get uh tested. So, I guess let's get into it. Here we're going to offer up some keys, um, some bold predictions and then we'll we'll get our score predictions. Uh last week Danny predicted 27-17. I predicted 45-16, so I predicted a 29 point win. So, I was off by 8, Danny was off by 11, but he did predict uh South or uh, North Dakota would only score 17 points. So, we got that right. So, uh, we'll start off with you Danny looking at this matchup with Georgia Southern. You know, what are some of your keys? to a Nebraska win this week?
1: One of my keys is more of a two-part key because with this air raid offense that Georgia Southern employs, the secondary needs to be on top of its game. Um, This is a focus that we've been talking about for the first two weeks of the season. And, you know, it's something that worries me a little bit. Uh, sometimes the secondary looks completely confused as to what they're supposed to be doing out there, and um, in particular, red zone um, secondary play has been a bit concerning. A lot of times they'll play for the run, which allows for them to get beat with you know no coverage whatsoever for the opposition right over the top, and that allows uh, for touchdowns. So I'm looking for good secondary play this week and. Um, You know, if that happens, then I think Nebraska will be in good shape. To me, you can say what you want about the defensive line. And sure, they haven't been able to get pressure. And sure, they haven't been able to, you know, stop the running game as well as we would have liked. But, you know, there has been progress there. And I said this last week. The statistics from last week's game over North Dakota maybe a little bit misleading because I thought the defense sort of held their own, especially in the back half of the game. Now on that um, subject of the defensive line, they need to get pressure. And, you know, I think getting pressure on the defensive line will make the secondary's job a little bit easier. So that kind of goes hand in hand. And so if they can feed off of each other, that would be great. And then my last key and this is something we talked about on, on Monday for our Monday morning fallout. Run the damn ball. I mean, there's no excuse not to run the ball. Anthony Grant is an absolute workhorse. And A.J. Allen is proven to be a good, you know, complimentary back. He showed, you know, his explosiveness. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I was just watching some of his highlights on Monday. And the way he cuts is just really, really impressive to me. He can, like, stop on a dime, almost like the Madden video game.
0: Yeah, man, I think there's a lot to be excited about with A.J. Allen. And, you know, in terms of the keys, like that's one of my keys too. exactly run the damn ball. I 100 percent agree. You know, you look at this Georgia Southern defense. um, They I don't think they're that great. You know, I mean, they only gave up seven points to Morgan State, but they averaged they allowed five point four yards per carry to Morgan State. And uh, it's just Georgia Southern, just kind of a weird game. They threw the ball like 60 some times or like 40. I think it was like 47 times or 50 times, something like that in the game. They won 59 to seven, which tells you, you know, this team is going to throw the football. So offensively for Nebraska. Yeah. Anthony Grant needs to be the focal point in this game and AJ Allen too. And I wrote this earlier this week. I wouldn't be shocked if both of those guys got over 100 yards on Saturday night. That's, I'll give you a teaser, but that's one of my bold predictions. We're going to have two 100-yard rushers this week. So, yeah, I'm buying the offensive line a lot. Um, but that's just I – think, I think both of those guys are going to break off big runs. And I think we're going to see – I don't think Nebraska wants to overwhelm Anthony Grant with too many carries. So I think we're going to see a little more A.J. Allen in the second half. And I think we're going to see some of those nifty moves on a long touchdown run. So that's one of my big keys: run the damn ball, put the offensive line in the position where they're comfortable, and then Casey Thompson can do his work later. Because I don't think that these, um, you know, defensive backs are going to be able to match up with Nebraska's receivers. Hopefully, Vokalex back this week. He would be. I would just like to see him play before Oklahoma. But uh, I think the passing game will we'll find some stuff later. Um, defensively, I, I absolutely agree too. The secondary is going to be a huge key. These guys need to make you know, do a better job of playing the ball, I think, you know, and and we haven't seen as far as I know, an interception. We haven't seen a lot of pass breakups yet. So, you know, Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsome, they're going to get your opportunities this week. You're going to see uh, this isn't going to be North Dakota where they purposely, you know, only threw the football 20 times. These guys are going to be throwing the ball constantly. So I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsom, some of these defensive backs to step up. And then number three, it is the pass rush. That's my uh, that's my other big key. And, uh, you know, the pass rush was better last week. We saw Garrett Nelson have a solid game, O'Shawn Mathis. The second half, you're totally right, they looked a lot better. They looked sort of like the guys that we expected them to be. And so I think that the pass rush should get, like, four sacks this week. I mean, uh, Vantrese is going to throw the ball, like, 50, 60 times because they're going to be hopefully losing to Nebraska. That's my, you know, expectation. So I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for sacks and pressures, and uh, we need to see a couple of turnovers. So those probably, I guess, just to uh, sum it up, run the damn ball, uh, make some good plays in the secondary, get your hand on the football, knock it away, and get after the quarterback defensively. I think those are the three biggest keys for Nebraska to make sure that, you know, this game is kind of the, the easy win. Not the easy win, but, you know, a, a three, four touchdown win that we all think it can be.
1: Come on, Chris. There's no easy wins around here. You know that. But, uh, no, and it's interesting on Thursday, we got an update from Scott Frost about the health of Nick Heinrich and Travis Vogelich. He said, and I'm going to quote him here. He said, quote, um, again, those guys are day to day. It shouldn't be long and we've got our fingers crossed for this week. My thing on that, and I know it kind of veers off the thing here, but I thought we should get it in. Um, You know, if they're good to go, if they're 100% healthy, play them, absolutely. But if they're still a little, you know, banged up, save them for Oklahoma next week.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, My only, I always, I have this thing about injuries where I just don't, I don't, if it's not like a long-term thing, it's not that big a deal. You know, if they had missed like the whole season, I just don't like, I don't think guys are that productive in their first game back from injury when they've been out for a while. Um, Vokalek will only have missed you know two games and the same with Heinrich but I would like to see him out there but that being said only a couple of weeks so um, I agree with your point I mean there's no I mean Nick Heinrich I don't know that they're really going to need him you know for this matchup I don't think Georgia Southern's going to pound the rock not that he can't defend the pass I'm not saying that but he's more of a run defender I I do think he was missed last week but yeah Vokalek has really been missed and they need to get the you know, I don't know if you watched, you know, um, Husker film. I, I watched some of his uh, you oh, know, yeah, clips this time. week. Shout out to him. The, yeah, the tight end blocking was bad. I mean, it was a lot of those plays he was talking about where there were stunts and stuff. I mean, and, and I didn't love the blocking schemes, but the tight ends were just getting blown up in the backfield. And that's what happened on a lot of those run plays that got shut down, at least from my perspective.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I did notice the blocking. The blocking was pretty bad. But if we make a commitment to running the football for this week, I feel like we could kind of get by again. That's not to say that it's going to be easy and that we're going to succeed, but we can get by. And you can get by in games against, you know, Georgia Southern, North Dakota. And so you can't get by in games like Oklahoma. And I understand the run blocking was really bad. And to your point, it truly was. But... Again, I just, I want him to be healthy. I want Volklik to be healthy. I want Heinrich to be healthy for Oklahoma. And, you know, it's a long season. And I think, you know, if we can kind of manage Volklik as much as possible to make sure he's fully healthy, you know, I think that would be the smart thing to do. Only because we have a lot of inexperienced tight end depth, as you kind of alluded to with the blocking and kind of the drop off there.
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes too I I just wonder with some of these it seems like the coaches are just trying to have blockers do to you know with because we were wondering last week, you know, Prajock is on the right side, that's cuz Nebraska's, you know, switching him sometimes strong side and weak side, which I hate. You know, there was one uh play where um that Husker film shared and you know, I'm a former offensive lineman. I've coached that, So I know a little bit about offensive line, but you know, they had a Basically, it was, and I know it's designed to be a play-action fake, but you had a guard pulling over to a spot to, you know, as basically a pulling guard to come in and pass block. And anybody who's played offensive line knows that's not easy to do. It's And then you left that B-gap wide open. So Prajaka, instead of taking his out, his pass rusher taking the outside leverage, went into the inside leverage because the guard left there. Anthony Grant was supposed to step up in that spot, and he ran yeah. a swing route. So it's like, I it just seems like sometimes, you know, I'm thinking, why – why, are you, why do you have three guys moving around the line of scrimmage to pass protect? Just set up, zone block it, you know, and just don't make it too hard. That's all I'm
1: saying. But anyways, the offensive that's, line is a mess right now. I'll just put it point blank. They're a mess. I mean, they don't look to be imp- – well, I'm not going to say they don't look to be improving, but they're not consistently good the entire game. I will say on the touchdown that Nate Borkutcher recorded, uh, there was good pass protection – clean pocket for Casey Thompson, one of the few he had last weekend. And so there were signs that they could be good, but that line still needs work, man. Like it's not good.
0: It, it definitely does. I think it, uh, the run blocking, I thought was a lot better. I mean, Anthony Grant did have to make a lot of moves, but I just think that they were more, it seemed like they were more confident when they were running the football. I think that's yeah. within the offensive line, you know, they, They want to fire off the ball. They want to hit people. That's what they like to do. That's why they call them the Hogs. You know, like they love that contact. So feed into that. I think they need to feed into that. Pound the rock at these guys, man. Don't sit there and drop Casey Thompson back 30 times in the first half. Like he doesn't need to do that. We don't need to do that. So I'm really – I'm hoping that like this team has found an identity with Anthony Grant because that's just what Scott Frost has never had with his offense. There's never been like – Hey, you have to come in, coming into this game, you have to stop this guy. You know, there was some talented players for sure, but it was always, it never seemed like there was anything that Nebraska could hang its hat on. You know, like we need a drive here. They're going to give the ball to this guy. You know, so I feel like Anthony Grant, I'm hoping as long as the coaching staff is smart enough to give him the ball, because I think that also minimizes the weakness of our offensive line, which is their pass protection, which has not been good. Um, You know, I think that that's the best way for Nebraska to, you know, build a strong offense. I mean, he, to me, he looks like a guy who can run for like 1500 yards this season.
1: And can I just say like, to that point, um, you know, there was some minor controversy. Oh, did Scott Frost override Mark Whipple? That's not good. Like I heard people say he should vet his candidates. If he knew that Whipple was a passing coach, like, you know, he should have done a better job hiring. Who cares? They're yeah. they're, they're collaborating as a coaching staff. And if, Something doesn't work, you know, they swallow their pride and, you know, try something new. Who cares? As long as we win games and as long as everybody's, you know, seems cool with it, like, who cares? I mean, at this point, like, that's what a coaching staff is supposed to do. They're supposed to collaborate. They're supposed to throw around ideas. I mean, you have Mark Whipple, Mickey Joseph, you know, Sean Becton, you know, all these guys who are smart you know, in the same room, like they should bounce ideas off each other. Who cares? Who calls the plays? Just win the game.
0: Well, in play calling, I don't know if he, like I've called plays before, you know, like coaching, like lower level high school football and middle school football. It's not, you know, you're thinking about the defense, what scheme they're running. You know, you haven't, you're not sitting there thinking like, Oh, I've run the ball this many times. You can get caught up in things. You know, you're trying to scheme, you're looking at their scheme. You're sometimes trying to, and, and remember this, Mark Whipple has, 5 seconds to call a play. I mean, he gets the play in for Casey Thompson or whoever watches the play. And by the time that play clock reaches 30, he's got to have his calling. You got to get your personnel. You got to get set up. So, you know, I think it's important. And I, I think that's why I like Scott Frost as the head coach, because he can sit there from... You know, the CEO perspective from the, you know, looking down the big picture above and say, hey, we're not running the ball enough. You know, it's clear to me, Mark, I want you to I don't think Scott Frost was sitting there being like, hey, I want you to run this play. Exactly. I think he was like, hey, we need to run the football a little bit more. I'd like to you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I think that's what every head coach should be doing. We should want should, Scott Frost should have done that against Northwestern, frankly. You know, we might have won that game if he had.
1: Yeah, I've sat in a couple coaches booths and, you know, the coaches will communicate to the head coach. Um, you know, I sat in a defensive coach's booth and, you know, they on their headset, they communicated to the coach like, okay, you know, team X is running back, you know, is running to this side. Maybe we should try to block up that side. You know, the quarterback is, you know, looking at his second read first before he goes to his first read. You know, maybe we should kind of take that away. Here's what the defense looks like and who's unfavorable in a speed matchup with the running back you know it's helpful to have those you know another pair of eyes because you can get so lost in what you're doing on the field level there's just so much going on that sometimes these things don't even register not because of bad coaching but just because you don't realize you know what's going on around you yep
0: and I think you know Scott if he's going to be a good head coach he's got to have you know, his hands and everything. He should be telling Eric Shenander. I mean, he's called plays for a long time, Scott Frost, and he's had some pretty good offenses. I mean, I know it hasn't always been great at Nebraska, but the guy knows football. So, you know, he should be telling Shenander what to do at times. And he should be, in, that's what that's what the head coach should be. And I like that he's given up the play calling. I like where things are at. We just need to see some results. But, you know, this week I feel really good about this matchup. And, you know, one reason I think that's kind of off the radar is – you know, like if you look at Northwestern didn't play a game last week, you know, and there's a reason for that. And it's because they went to Dublin, you know, and if you look at the NFL teams, when they go play that European game, you know, they always have a, a bye week. And Nebraska has, you know, the first week they had to f- travel to Ireland and then they got back Sunday and then it was, you know, game week for North Dakota. So they haven't had like a regular week of preparation. They had to deal with jet lag and all that travel last week. So I I think that that can explain partially why they were a little sluggish. So I think this is going to be the best that we've seen Nebraska play this year, just not based on the opponent, but I just think they're going to be as sharp as they've been. And uh, I think we're going to finally see like what the impact of kind of all that travel. So um, anyways, to not go off on too long of a tangent, we're also going to get into some predictions here. So before we, you know, get on record with our score, we're just going to throw up, you know, some uh, bold predictions for this matchup. So Danny, after breaking everything down, Uh, What are are some of your bold predictions for Nebraska and Georgia Southern either side? Uh,
1: Well, one of my bold predictions for Nebraska here is that Casey Thompson is going to have a clean game in terms of interceptions, zero interceptions, because, you know, I think they've really made a commitment to run the football. And that's not to say that Thompson is bad. I think it's just going to take some pressure off of, especially later in the game. So I think we're going to see a clean game from Thompson. I know, and you kind of said this already, but this was mine. So I'm going to say it again. Anyway, um, you know, over a hundred yards for Anthony Grant, AJ Allen's going to have a big game. We're going to, I think uh, we're going to really see AJ Allen kind of break out in this game, kind of build off what he did uh, last week. And then finally, my third one, we're going to get two sacks. I think in, in, in this one uh, on Saturday, I know you said three or four, but, You know, I'm not drinking the three or four Kool-Aid. I'll be happy with two. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of a pass rush. I mean, we did see some positive things in that area last week, just not enough. So I think this is the week they'll be able to put it all together.
0: Yeah, and, you know, uh, sacks don't – as long as you're getting consistent pressure, you know, that can matter too. So – but, yeah, I, I, you know, I can buy all of those predictions. I don't have any huge arguments with any of them. Um, But I'll start with mine and just maybe a little more like – like you said, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid this week. I'm really big on Nebraska. Like if I was a betting person, which I'm not, I would, I would lay Nebraska plus 22. I think they're going to cover the spread. So that gives you a teaser, my prediction. But like I said, Anthony Grant is going to get over a hundred for the third straight week, getting the end zone. I think AJ Allen, we both Danny and I think he's going to have a breakout game. I say he's going to get a hundred yards. That's a little bit of a bold prediction, but if you, if you see him break off like a 40, 50 yard touchdown run, it could happen. And I think third quarter, this Georgia Southern team is going to be wore down. They're not used to, you know, what Nebraska is going to bring at them. Um, My second bold prediction, probably my boldest prediction is I think the secondary is going to come up with an interception, Tommy Hill, um, Quentin Newsome, one of those guys, I think we're going to see a lot of passes and uh, hopefully some pressure, which usually leads to turnovers. And I would like to see the secondary make a play on the ball and, um, you know, get an interception. So that's mine. And then I'm going to go back to sacks. I'm going to say four sacks is my prediction. I think we're going to get four, maybe even five. I just feel like Mathis, Nelson, Caleb Tanner, you know, Blaine Gunnerson. I think we're going to see all these guys, see some blitzes. And uh, I think Kyle Vantrese is going to have a bad night at uh, Lincoln Memorial stadium. I think he's going to, you know, throw for two or 300 yards. I mean, th- this team's going to move the football, but he's going to get hit and Nebraska is going to get some turnovers.
1: And I'd love to see somebody other than Nelson really kind of bring that motor on Saturday. Nelson seemed like he was flying all over the place. So I'd love to see Nelson and somebody else because he can't do it all alone.
0: Yeah, you know, like Ty Robinson needs to step up some more of those. I called him out.
1: Let's see if he reads the Great Cornholio blog. Let's see if he listens to me.
0: Let's see, man. He's, you know, if you get that black shirt, I mean, that should be I just, I just feel like those guys. I, I don't want to call anybody out on their yeah. effort. I'm not saying anybody's not trying hard enough, but we need to see more production out of Ty Robinson. He's been one of the biggest disappointments on this defenses on this defense, you know, at least from what he, what we expected from him as a recruit. You know, he was a big time recruit, and he they just threw the some,
1: whole staff down uh, to go yeah. recruit him.
0: Yeah, he was huge, man. I know, like yeah. big time programs were there. That was a big. That was one of Scott Frost's, I think, biggest recruiting wins, and it just. But that's like all of us, you know, Rondale Robinson, Luke McCaffrey, or whatever. Did I say the wrong no, that's Luke, no, right? you said the right one. I get so confused about these freaking McCaffrey's, man. But
1: there's like 17 know, of them, so I don't blame you.
0: Yeah, Turner Corcoran. I mean Wandale Robinson. It's just been not not that it's a bust, but Thomas Fedoni's got her. I mean, it's just like all these big recruiting victories, and then it just never translates onto the field. So
1: hopefully that'll start changing. And it's not just Ty, it's the entire defensive line. They need to continue yeah. to play well. Um I just, you know, Ty is just, when he's on, he plays really well. He plays so aggressive. So I'm hoping this can be another game to kind of get him back on track. And I hate calling out people. I don't like to do that. But it's just been so noticeable. It's not even like I hate the guy because I obviously don't. It's just been noticeable. He's looked a step slow. And hopefully, you know, with a week back in Lincoln, you know, not traveling anymore, that will do wonders for the entire team because, you know, some fans may label it as as an excuse, but the travel, in my opinion, definitely plays a role in fatigue and things like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can like, yeah, it's it's not an excuse to lose. you still have to win. But, you know, there's a reason why NFL teams take a bye week. There's a reason why Northwestern didn't play last week, because you usually it, it's just a long trip. And so it, it was a lot to ask of these guys to come back and play like play a game last week. And they they did a good job. I think they came up. The second half, they got the win. They did what they needed to do. And uh, this is the week I think they really have to start building some confidence and momentum. I really just want to see them smack down Georgia Southern from the opening kickoff, you know, tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern, and uh, just really get some positive momentum going into the Oklahoma game. I think that's important.
1: After tomorrow night, the fun really begins. We get to see how they stack up against some big opponents, and it's going to be a good one. I I think tomorrow night should be fun and i'll use this opportunity and chris you can kind of help me out here since i'm still sort of half asleep um you know we have a watch party on this website called playback and i'm sure you've seen us tweet out the links but if you would like to come and join us please do so it's a fun time uh we got the game streaming and we offer our commentary not as serious as these podcasts we like to have fun watch the game with each other so if you would love to come on in please do so. And if you need the link, we can also get that for you and we'll be happy to help you out and help you sign up.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up, Danny. But yeah, before we offer our score predictions, um, we'll give you a little information on our watch party. I'll put the link here in uh, the comments on our YouTube page. So sign up there. You you have to just sign in, you know, with your TV provider. But even if you don't have the TV provider for Saturday's game, which is going to be Fox Sports 1, I believe, um, you know, Playback is really great about helping you get, you know, free subscriptions so you can enjoy the service and it's a great stream. There's no, um, we're all streaming at the same time. There's no kind of blips and nobody sees it earlier. So you can hang out with us and we'll be on the stage. But if we get some of you fans, you can even hop up and, you know, take a turn co-hosting it because that's, you know, what we're trying to build here, a, a community of hardcore Husker fans, man. So, come hang out with us. We'll we'll share the links and we'll have I'll have some more information on huskerbigred.com too on how to join the watch party. And uh so yeah, with that, let's get to our let's get on the record. Let's get to our final score prediction. So Danny, we got the spread like I said at negative 22 for Nebraska, so 22 point favorite. What is your final score prediction for Saturday night, Nebraska Georgia Southern? 35-21 Huskers. 35-21. All right, so Danny's got Nebraska under the spread this week, but winning by 14 points. So he had Nebraska winning by 10 last week. So Danny's secondary
1: just scares me. That second, that secondary just scares me. I don't know. I, I, I just can't. I just can't go for the spread until the secondary gets fixed. And hopefully, we see something good tomorrow night. Yeah, I
0: mean, they haven't. uh, Nebraska's over two against the. I'm against the spread so far this year. So they didn't cover last week. Definitely didn't cover against Northwestern when they were the favorite. Uh, so I, however, like I said, I do think Nebraska is going to cover the spread this week. I just don't really believe in Georgia Southern that much. I think they are going to get some yards. They're going to get some points. Um, I think some of those points are going to come mostly in the second half. I think the black shirts are actually going to look like the black shirts and, uh, not that Nebraska can make a statement against Georgia Southern, but I think the team is going to make a statement like we're better than we've played so far. And, uh, I'm going to go 42, to 17 i think the offense produces in the red zone thanks to anthony grant and aj allen um i do think tommy bleak road probably misses a field goal so we'll keep it from 42 to 45 i don't there know you go with
1: the 40 points again i i mean i don't know i wish i could be as optimistic
0: i mean they got 38 i mean they're averaging 33 so far you know yeah, for but two that, was games.
1: A, that that was a struggle to get that 38 that wasn't just a rollover type of game, but hopefully they run the ball. If they run the ball, all things will be better. That's my thing. I mean, I'm
0: just really I I'm looking at this Georgia Southern defense and uh the, Nebraska's just gotta be licking their chops, you know. And Casey Thompson, I think, too, is probably licking his chops. I just I don't think there's anybody over there that can match up with these guys. Um, but Georgia, Georgia Southern has really good receivers too. I mean, like Northwestern like these receivers are more comparable to Northwestern than North Dakota. So the secondary is going to get challenged and they're going to give up some yards. Like I would not be surprised at all if Kyle Vantries through for 300 yards, but you know, if it takes him 50 attempts to get there, I'm not that worried about it, but if it only takes him like 30, 35, then Nebraska could be in trouble. So we'll see what happens, but I feel good about this matchup. Um, As long as Nebraska, runs the damn ball. If not, then if Mark Whipple decides he wants this to be a Casey Thompson air show, then could be uh could be in for a little trouble.
1: Hopefully not. And hopefully the coaching staff can agree to that, but we'll see. I mean, I sense no animosity in the pressers. So I think it's just a matter of figuring out what, what works best and maybe swallowing egos on some games to see what's best for the team. But I'm excited. I really am excited. Hopefully we can our first win streak since the last two times we played uh, lesser teams, if you will. What was it last year? Buffalo and...
0: I can't even remember the other two. Buffalo, Buffalo
1: and... and... I don't know. We had a two-game win streak. It was somebody and then Buffalo. And then that's when the wheels kind of fell off.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I'm blanking on... Uh, I want to say it was a Mountain West team, but...
1: I'm going to look that up right now. So keep talking
0: and stay. totally spacing, but... Yeah, you know, it, it. it is going to be interesting to see how everybody executes, though, and yeah, you know, because I think it's clear that Anthony Grant's the best player on this offense. I mean, he is a superstar in the making. He looks like a potential all Big Ten guy, and, and that's not easy to do when you've got, you know, Travion Henderson, Blake Corum. You've got some really good backs in the Big Ten, but I think Anthony Grant could be, you know, he could be right there. I forgot Braylon Allen or whatever his name is at Wisconsin. Yep, he's a but, good one. Uh, But Anthony Grant, I think, is going to be right in the mix. You know, like fifteen hundred yards. Feed that dude the rock. That's what I want to see every single week. I want to see unless we're kicking ass, like I expect us to tomorrow. I want him to touch the carry the ball twenty times every single game.
1: Fordham was the other one, not exactly a Mountain West team, but yeah, I was uh, way off. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd love to see him kind of stretch the field a little bit too. You know, because there were a couple throws where you know Casey Johnson just missed, but Trey Palmer absolutely blew by the secondary. And, you know, Marcus Washington, you know, can do that too. He kind of got involved early last week. So I'd love to see them kind of open up the offense a little bit, assuming Thompson gets protection in the pocket and just just air it out, see what these guys can do. I mean, you know, they they, they have the speed. Speed is not the issue. Alante Brown, a, a, another one who has that speed, but we'll see. I mean, you know, just one game at a time. And then, uh, you know, this one before the big one against Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, and then we get another – yeah, these games, it's like only – everything you think you learn, you know, like positive stuff, it's like you don't really believe it because it's like Georgia Southern or whoever. So I just want to see Nebraska look really sharp. I don't want to have anything to bitch about Saturday night. Just look good for once and – You'll still be bitching. Uh,
1: I can always well, guarantee it. Pro- you, you'll, you'll still be bitching.
0: I'll bitch about something. You're right. But less bitching <laughs> than last week maybe. I mean – <laughs>
1: I mean, assuming they get off to a fast start, I'd love to see a fast start on Saturday. We didn't get that. Actually, we got the complete opposite of that last Saturday. So hoping for a faster start and a little bit more of a relaxed game than last week.
0: Yep. Some. Uh, hopefully we get to see some uh, Chupa Purdy this week. That's what I'm hoping. That, Over, that under, began.
1: how many times do you think the fans are going to call a fire Scott Frost after Nebraska only scores 14 points at halftime?
0: <laughs> Oof. Um, well... I think that if they only score 14 points at halftime, I don't know about the fire of Scott Frost, but we're probably going to hear some booze again at Lincoln Memorial Stadium. So I don't want to hear that.
1: The amount of, you know, the roller coaster on Twitter and the fantasy coaching staffs that are made after two quarters of a game, like last week, I saw a bunch of names being, you know, thrown around. Like it's crazy how quickly we can change, but that's why you got to love Husker Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, there, there is a lot of good names out there. I'm sure Nebraska would find somebody. You know, I don't know. People are crazy. I, what I hate, though, is when people are like, oh, it took Tom Osborne 20 years to win a national championship. Give Scott Frost time. Yeah, you know what else Tom Osborne was doing in those 20 years? He was never winning less than nine games. He was winning conference championships, getting to the Orange Bowl. Scott Frost has never won more than five games. So let's stop with the Tom Osborne comparisons. Like, it didn't take Tom 10 years to get a freaking winning season. You know, so but that I digress, but anyway, I mean, let's
1: stop with the Tom, Tom Osborne comparisons on both ends. I mean, Tom Osborne, you know, was successful in the nineties. It's a completely different era than what Tom Osborne coached in. And some of that is good. Some of that is bad, but it's just difficult to compare two eras of college football, especially because now everything's just completely different.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, Nebraska, yeah, they ran the triple option and they, you know, they but they could recruit guys. You know, they had elite offensive linemen, elite running backs, but elite defense too. That's what really won Nebraska their championships was elite defense. And uh, you know, it's gonna be hard to ever build that back again, but I just know I can't wait 20 years for Scott Frost to have a winning season. So if that's what people are talking about, I can't get him that long. You know, he's got this year, he's gotta do it. And you know, they've gotta be they've gotta win some big games. My my biggest fear, my uh, worries that the brass is just going to go six and six and we're going to be stuck in this like purgatory of not knowing what to do. I either want Scott to, f- to have it be obvious that he needs to go or have it be obvious that he needs to stay. I don't want to have this, you know, debate at the end of the year, like six and six, where half of us are like, Oh, he should go half. of You know what I mean? There's always going to be some disagreement, but I just hope one way or the other, we have a clear idea of what should happen with Scott Frost after the season.
1: But the scary part is I could very realistically see six and six.
0: I know too. That's, that's, I'm like resigned to it. I just feel like it's going to have, it's going to happen because that's like the, that's going to make the decision really tough for Trev Alberts. I mean, six and six could be now say if you're six and six and you beat Oklahoma and Iowa. Now I'm wondering how you only won six games, but still I think it the wins are going to matter a little bit. And if it's just like a bunch of also like, if you can't beat, if they don't beat a single top 25 team, if they don't beat Oklahoma, I don't know if they're going to get to six wins, but They've got to beat somebody of substance, or I don't think Scott's going to stick around.
1: But that can be a whole other conversation for another
0: uh, podcast.
1: (laughs) I mean, we could go on for the next half hour talking about this, but I'm just focused on uh, Georgia Southern.
0: (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up there, folks. So uh, once again, just to give you a reiteration of our uh, final predictions, Danny's got 35-21 Nebraska. I've got – 42 to 17 nebraska so make sure that you join us for the watch party tomorrow night we'll have links up on twitter and facebook Um, make sure and we'll have the the link here in the comment section here on youtube Um, if you like this content you know make sure that you like it Uh, like our video Um, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our um, awesome debates here and uh, get into the comment section let us know what you think Uh, tell us your keys to a win and uh, throw out your prediction man get on the record let's see what Husker Nation thinks is going to happen on Saturday. So with that, we will see you tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern with kickoff. We'll be on the pregame show a little bit early. So we hope to see you in the watch party. And uh, as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.